Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and this is the Food Talk Show. Well, here we are again, second show. We did all right in the first one, I think. It was great. We're going to do even better now. We're going to do even better now. But uh, after a break of some 18 months, two years because of COVID, we're now back on form and we talked cider last week and this week it is milk. Can't very wait. different. Very different. Very different. Um, so I'm joined by my fellow presenter, Jane Payton, who is one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider. In fact, she's a certified beer sommelier and an author of numerous books on the subject. But basically, she's great with anything to do with drinking. And milk is one of those things. Um, and we've got our guest today is Dee Manford of Hingston Farm Dairy. So we'll um, talk to Dee in a minute. Um, you and I, just before we went online, were we roughly the same age? Mm, I think I'm older than you probably. But anyway, um, saying at school, we used to have definitely those little tiny milk bottles. And then I didn't really like it at school because it always used to be in a crate next to the radiator. So when you got it, it's like, it's like horrible, slightly warm, not proper warm milk, because that's okay, but like horrible. Tepid. It was awful, wasn't awful. it? Awful. But I, I was glad when it was taken away from the school children. Really. Who did that? Mrs. Thatcher. The yeah, snatcher. she was called Mrs. Thatcher, the milk snatcher uh, at the time. Don't know what that was about. Far too young. Um, and then the other thing is we used to get um, milk delivered. Um, and then sometimes the because they always had foil tops, sometimes the birds used to peck through to get the milk, didn't they? They did, particularly blue tits. It's one thing I remember about being a child, actually. Our, yeah. our milk in bottles being delivered by the milky. And then the, the birds would come along because it was bought, cream. Where were you brought up then? I was um, at a little market town called Skipton in North Yorkshire. Oh, I was born on um, Clapham, South West 4. So oh. we did have the odd bird, but mostly yeah, pigeons. pigeons. exactly. Yeah, I don't want pigeons sitting on top of my bottle. So in front of us, we have um, uh, ice, ice cold glass bottle of milk uh, brought along by Dee. And we're also going to taste some cream um, and some yoghurt. So very, very dairy. Oh, delicious. Oh, no, it looks absolutely. fantastic. It, it looks so natural and so beautifully made and so unindustrially made. Yeah. Just looking at it. I'm really excited. Um, so Hingston Farm Dairy is in Benenden, Kent, which is a beautiful part of the world, actually, and run by the Manford family, who were all born and raised there, I think. Is that right, Dee? Hello. Um, well, my husband certainly was, right. along with his sister and older brother. They've since retired from the business. Um, it has been the family farm for nearly 100 years, though. So. 100 years? Mm. Wow. OK, 100 years. And um, I believe, I don't know if this is right, so we have these wonderful researchers who say that the, fa the family farm started in 1930 with just six cows. That's right. Just six? Yes. Oh. Yep. And, and, and how many do you have now? We're milking about 240 at the moment. Wow, 240. <laughs> but then we have all of their daughters um, yeah. following on into, yeah. into the herd. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, being from inner city, um, I do live in the country now, not that bad. Um, but, you know, should you be frightened of cows? Because you do read these things in newspapers occasionally that somebody's been killed by a cow. Are they... Are they aggressive animals or are they always sort of lovely to me, especially the like the Guernsey ones with the long eyelashes? <laughs> well, certainly dairy cows are a lot more 
um, gentle than a beef bullock. Um, oh. If you, or a beef cow rather, if you were to enter a field with beef cows with their calves at foot, then they are going to naturally be protective. Uh, Guernseys are definitely a far more gentle cow than any other breed, I think. Um, we're very lucky to have quite a lot of them. Um, Holsteins, the black and white ones that we have, uh, they're just bigger, so possibly a little bit more intimidating because of their size. But again, ours are very gentle. So generally, when you walk into a field of dairy cows that are being milked, you'd be pretty safe. So, so how would you know the difference, though? Do, do they, is there a physical difference? Is one, you know, a beef cow much bigger? Or a beef can you cow, not tell? Yeah, a beef cow would appear sort of chunkier and more right. sort of square, whereas a, a dairy cow is a bit more refined. You might be able to sort of pick up. A bit more middle it. class. <laughs> So, 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 pick out the hip bones and also the rather large udder where the milk comes from. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, if it basically is a fat cow, avoid, I would say. Would you? Like, go that, around the edge of the field, I yeah, would that, say. That not refers to humans. Like. No, it doesn't. I'm allowed to say that. That's politically, politically absolutely but, incorrect. But, but Take generally, it back. generally, young stock, um, any young stock, whether it's young beef animals or young dairy animals, they'll also be very inquisitive yes. and they will want to come and see you. Is that how we get nosy cow from? <laughs> Yes, this is going completely wrong, actually. Um, I'm going to uh, quickly ask Jane, uh, we've got a little quiz question, which I like to do um, f- for these. How, how many hours a day do you think a, ca- a cow lies down on average? No helping here, do um, If it's out in pasture or inside. I don't know. It's just from Wikipedia oh, or right, something. Okay. I would say lays down for 20 hours a day. 14. That's quite a long time, isn't it? Yeah. 14 hours a day, apparently. Yeah. Uh, now, they can't sleep standing up. How much food do you think they eat in a day? We're going to see if this is corroborated by D in a minute. In kilos. Okay. Like a two kilos is a bag of sugar. Right, okay. No, is it one kilo is a bag of sugar? Yeah, one kilo is a bag of sugar. How many of those do you think they eat a day? 10 kilos. 50. 50. So Is that right? So, it, so what do they eat? It depends on, on what they're actually having. But the ratio of um, like hard food to grass or silage... Um, can alter that amount, but certainly they would. A dairy cow would be eating probably eight kilos of concentrated food, and the balance of that forty or fifty kilos, depending on whether it's a small dairy breed like the Guernsey or a larger one like the Holstein, would then be um, fibre, either grass if it's out in the field, or maize or grass silage um, mixed up in what we call a total mixed ration. You wanted to ask about grass, didn't you? Yes, I, I did want to just discuss whether the... Because it makes a difference if you've got wine or yeah. a brewery or apples and things. So. Definitely, the terroir or the um, the effect of the soils and, and the climate. I wondered if the milk and the products from the cow, can you taste the pasture or if they've been on hard food, for instance, or if, or if they've been out in the field? Can, can you? Does the milk and the, the yoghurt taste different? Um, well, all our customers always get quite excited in May when the cows first go out to grass. This year it was the beginning of April because it was so lovely and dry and there was masses and masses of lovely lush grass, which actually affects the butterfat content and gives you a little bit more cream on the milk. So that's that's the main thing. Flavour-wise, if you were putting the cows out on a field where they had a, a very herby type of grass, um, you can have all, the, all sorts of different grasses. Maybe the herbs might have a little effect on it. Might come through a bit, but actually what you're saying is it affects more the cream fat the cream content fat, than anything. Yes, yeah. I do remember years ago um, um, 
another farmer had a, an incident where his cows got into an orchard where the apples had all fallen um, late summer for cider apples. Cows ate the apples, milk tasted not very pleasant. Oh, wow. Okay. Shall we taste some milk? Because I'm quite excited. Yes. It's freezing cold. We've got the lovely condensation on the outside. Yes. Do, you, do you want to be mum and pour? Yes, um, please. And it's got a gold top, a gold foil no, top. Do you remember those? Do you remember you, you, used, to get the, you used to get the cream bit on the top? And then, you know, my mum used to shake it up. Yeah. Which so I used to think, no, I want that on the yes, cereal, that top exactly. bit. But that was that was selfish if you did that. Oh, but it was yeah. so thick and luscious, yeah. wasn't it? A little bit like Guinness or a stout that's yes. got nitro, mm. ni- um, nitrogen in on it the that's top. creamy and So this bulky. is great because it's a glass bottle, which we love. You you are, while we're drinking this, Dee, you, you are doing deliveries, aren't you, um, as, as part of, of, of what you do at the farm. Um, and people are getting more and more into doorstep deliveries, especially since COVID. Is that oh, correct? yes. Yes. We've been delivering our milk since 1988 we started in a very small way just in Hawkehurst um, our neighboring village and gradually we've expanded to doing doorstep deliveries within a 10 mile radius of the farm and the majority of people now are wanting glass bottles of course Um, and it's it's so important though that they do actually give them a quick rinse and put them out on the doorstep and return to us unfortunately some people have uh, the thought that um, recycling their glass bottles means you put them in the recycling mm, bin. Don't do that. Oh, so if anybody's please. doing that, don't. <laughs> Give them back to the farmer. I've just tasted that and I have forgotten how great great milk is. That is a great drink. And with that cream, oh. it's just so rich, isn't it? Yeah. Just going back mm. to the bottles for a moment, there's something so evocative about the clinky-clanky of glass <laughs> bottles on a, on a doorstep and being collected in mm. the morning or whenever they're collected or delivered. It just reminds me of childhood, and so it's so I, rare to see. Absolutely, period. and it says here between 1995 and today, doorstep delivery has declined from 45% to 3% oh. of the retail milk market. Um, but there have been increases during the pandemic, and I want to go back to this. I want my milk delivered to you. I do. Especially if it tastes like that. Oh, I'm going to... You know when we taste some other stuff? Like we, we, we have a taste and then we have a little bin here. A little... We spit in. We don't like that word. Um, and we, we've both drunk that. Quite, in fact, I'm going to have a little bit more. I know. Because before we were on the cider and we were pouring it away. Not that it was bad cider. No, no, no. It's just that I can't drink it all. But this, yeah, this but... is glorious. So you've also got something else, Dee, which has got a... It's in uh, uh, plastic and it's um, it's got a blue top. What's the difference between that and this amazing milk we're drinking now okay. in the bottle? So the gold top is milk from our Guernsey cows. If it's in plas- in a plastic bottle, oh. it would have an orange lid on it. The blue top that you've got in front of you is milk from our Holstein cows, which when it's in a glass bottle has a silver lid on it. So, and Jane, you're the drinks expert. Tell me the difference between the two. I love putting you on the spot. I'm not telling you what questions I'm going to ask. So these are the cows that are slightly chunkier. So the Guernsey, the first one we had, is a lot richer and the cream really comes through on the on the Guernsey. Oh, it's just as nice, though. It's, it's delicious, but there's, there is a, a difference, isn't there? There's, there's a mouthfeel difference. Mm. Mm. What is the difference, Dee? So butterfat content on the Guernsey milk is about 5%, whereas on the Holstein milk, which it's also whole milk, but that's about 3.75%. And also in the Guernsey milk, you've got a lot more omega-3 oils and beta-carotene, beta-casein. So lots, you know, lots drink, of goodness. I drink, I drink it's just, I've just spilled it all down me. <laughs> Jane's just pointed out. Thanks for that, Jane. Um, sorry about that. Um, I, I've forgotten. So I have milk mostly 
because I have it in tea and coffee, I've I think I've lost the the habit of drinking a really nice glass of milk. I mean, that'd be great for breakfast. Are you going to start again? I think I might actually. So that you is... buy this milk already, don't you? I do buy. I buy this milk, yeah, because yeah. I buy it at Magnate in um, in Faversham, yeah. and and I just don't think to do that. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Why don't I do that? So it's not. Is it fattening? It's not that fattening, is it? No. Well, I don't care about that anymore. It's good old. for you. Yeah. But the beauty of that of our milk is it's pasteurised. It's not like supermarket milk that's homogenised. So, What's again, that changes flavour. Um, Pasteurisation just heats the milk gently to um, 73 degrees, holds it there for 15 seconds, just enough to um, deal with any potentially harmful bacteria that might be present. Whereas homogenization, it's, it's heated, um, but it's also blasted at high pressure through stainless steel plates with pinholes in, which then destroys all the natural balance and Really? Um, and that's for help, makeup. you know, health and safety reasons, in inverted commas, supposedly. <laughs> yes, but it, it then it immerses the fat within the milk, so you never get a cream line on uh, homogenised milk like you do with pasteurised. That's fabulous. But you, you can absolutely tell the difference between a homogenised milk and this milk. That's, well, that's why I probably wouldn't yeah. have stopped drinking it as, a, yeah. as you get older. Well, that, that's, that's glorious. Shall we try some cream? Now, I don't, I don't quite know how to do that. Shall we just... Just dip a spoon in. Yeah, well, we've got a spoon now you see, I love cream. Me too. And and I know there's a, the, the sort of there's a bit of a lactose movement where where I find it a bit worrying, particularly with teenage boys and but particularly girls. Um, lactose is an important part of you growing strong. You, you know, as your body's developing, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's not a great idea to be completely lactose free as a dietary choice, as opposed to obviously if you've got a you know, um, some sort of issue. Um, uh, is, is that hitting milk and cream sales at all? Because it is a little bit of a thing, um, lactose-free. Well, we we don't uh, get asked generally for lactose-free um, products. However, we, we did strangely have one phone call last week and we thought, well, we are actually a dairy farm with cows, so not able to produce a lactose-free uh, product. But um, I think the type of customers that we have are just really foodies in for you know a dose of the best um jane's not speaking because all she's done is she's literally dipped her head in that single cream i am in absolute heaven see i cook with cream a lot i love it um, I just remind me when i'm coming around for dinner next. <laughs> actually i'm breakfast and lunch while i'm at it so. yeah last time you came around to my house i remember us making negronis and trying to find the best cocktail recipe we could which, um, did, which didn't did. end very well did it well, it ended in the gin bar, didn't it? <laughs> yes, as So let's uh, move swiftly on for that. So now you've, so mm. that's the double cream you've had. Mm. So I'm tasting the single cream. Now I, um, sometimes I cook with creme fraiche because it's got that slightly more sour edge. What's the difference between creme fraiche or soured cream? Is that the same thing? And, and single or double cream? Okay, so starting off with the, the cream, there you've got the cream from our Guernseys. You can see it's got a lovely yellowy colour to it and it's nice and thick. Um, the way that you make the different types of cream, single, double and whipping, is all through um, when it's made in a separator and the product that comes out first is the double cream. It spins round and by centrifugal force you get the cream coming out of one spout and the skim milk coming out of the other. And then depending on which cream you want, whether it's single or whipping, you just add back some skimmed milk um, in the right proportions to make it the um, single or double. 
Creme fraiche. Um, I do apologise. I completely forgot to bring creme fraiche That's with right. me today. I'll have to <laughs> drop you some in. Um, the creme fraiche is made by putting the cream into a big pasteurising vat and adding some uh, culture just to turn it slightly. You know, um, so it sits in there and uh, so it's up. slightly going off in a way. I know it's a stupid way no. of putting it. <laughs> well, no. well, what do you mean by turn? Um, how, how do you mean by turning? It, it um, just makes it a little more acidic. Okay, um, so, so, the, the and that's cream. why it, it comes through, and it's not it's not quite as rich and 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 creamy. Yeah, I mean, this is actually coating the inside of my mouth. It's absolutely glorious. Mm. Um, and I think again, when I buy other stuff in mainstream supermarkets, there's no way it tastes like that. Absolutely not. You can just tell that it's been industrialised and just fiddled yeah. with, and it hasn't been fiddled, <laughs> fiddled with at all. Fiddled with. I think is that a technical often, term. <laughs> Often cream that you buy in supermarkets has probably been sterilised to make it keep longer. Mm. Yeah. And then it really does have a funny taste. Mm. Yes. Um, now, I love um, I love cooking with um, proper cream. Um, and, and I find that it doesn't particularly curdle. So sometimes when you buy cream, it cur- you know, and that, that's why a lot of people don't cook with it, because, you, you know, it sort of curdles and it goes sort of grainy. Whereas if you, if you cook with really nice, like this single cream, it makes fantastic sauces, mm. particularly like... Can you like Stilton-y, creamy sauce on pasta, so things rich. like that? Yeah. Or, of course, traditional, um, what do you call it, pepper sauce on a steak. You know, that's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Um, taste profile, though. I mean, I can't, it is coating my tongue, it, don't you think? Definitely. I mean, it just, the overwhelming You're a bit sensation, I'm speechless because <laughs> I'm loving it so much, but it's, it's just richness. You can't really describe the flavour of it because I think it's more of a, a sensation when you have cream yeah. and milk like this. It does taste of the earth somehow. No, it's not earthy, but it does taste like a product that has come from, you know, from the soil, from the ground somehow. And it's very natural, authentic. Whereas supermarket products that have been fiddled with, to use that <laughs> word again, it takes away any sense of it being a natural product. You just get the sense that it's industrial and made in a lab. Here you get... You get the connection with the land and the soil and the grass and very the animals. So. I'm, not, I'm not explaining it very well, but it does that's definitely come across, particularly mm. in the milk, mm. I think. Milk. I'll have another glass of milk while, while, while we're chatting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so like Dee, just... <laughs> so like just natural yoghurt. Exactly. So just tell me a little bit about um, the, the, the generations of your of your farm, because... because are you the... You're the fourth generation, you guys, is that right? Uh, my husband would be the... Third generation. Third generation. So it started with his grandparents. Yeah. Um, then his father and mother, um, you know, they really built it um, from the six cows that the grandparents had. Um, they then started to build it up. Um, Richard's mum was very much uh, the power beyond, behind the throne for, for many years, and uh, she had a great business head on her. A driving force. Yes, very much a driving force, um, along with Auntie Tam, who was Richard's um, aunt, his, his father's sister, and they carried on well into their 90s, bless them. Wow. Yes, wow. yeah, always drinking... Milk. Milk. There you go. <laughs> yep. Um, then Sally, Graham and Richard, obviously, as they grew up, joined the business. Um, Richard actually did a degree, um, well, studied agriculture. And uh, our, our daughters now, Katie and Rebecca, they um, have actually joined us 
they're not working full-time with us, but uh, nearly, because we encourage them to go off and do something else Different, because yeah. we didn't want them to just sink themselves straight into the but farm. But did they actually want to? I mean, do you sort of... They have always wanted to, ever really? since they were tiny. As soon mm. as they could carry the little buckets of milk that we used to feed the calves their milk, they were down there feeding the calves. Because and... it's a hard life. It's not easy. No, it is pretty full on. Um, long days, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But um, they've always known right from when they were little that you know the animals come first and everything else comes second. <laughs> so. And we read a lot about um, supermarkets and other people, you know, really, really putting pressure on prices. Have you, have you, you know, have you experienced that? And, and now you're doing doorstep deliveries. Does it mean you can slightly sidestep that? Well, it did affect us a few, a few years ago um, when the price of milk, you know, everybody who was selling their milk on the tankers all took a, a real hit. Um, basically, farmers were only getting 17 pence a litre. But why, why is that? Is it, is it because it was, British... It was all to do with supermarkets. Um, right. Is it because the British just insist on cheap food and, and are so. used to cheap food? Yes, yeah, yeah. Also, um, with, the, with milk, everybody knows the price of a pint of milk, supposedly. And it's a loss leader in a lot of ways, isn't it? It's, that's right. Um, because you've got to go in and get some. So, so mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's, it's a shame, really, that basically the, the best food product you can buy, um, you know, milk, because it, it offers you such good nutrition, um, is so cheap. I mean, a bottle of water is, is uh, often more expensive than a, a pint of milk. That's um, insane, isn't it? So it doesn't make any sense at all. It just and devalues something that's so precious. That's a, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. That, yes. that is precious. Yeah. That. Yeah. If only people realised the, the benefits of drinking a pint of milk, for instance, after exercise, instead of buying one of these stupid coffees, isotonic drinks, you know, or, these sports drinks that yes. you can buy, milk contains every vitamin, mineral, nutrient to put back all the essential minerals and salts into your body and it's mm. far more better for you. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Yes. Mm. Would you like to taste some yogurt? Oh, would I? Yes. So Dean's brought some yogurt. So, so this is uh, just just your live natural whole milk yogurt. Yes. What, what does live mean? That it's been made using a a bacteria that's good good for you, good for the gut. Mm. Now that has got that nice acidity. You can just dip a spoon in there. Well, I'd have that in my mouth. I know, but I, I haven't got any. Done. I've got plenty more spoons. We're double <laughs> dipping. <laughs> we share glasses mm. of all sorts, so it would be fine. This is true. This mm. is true. Mm. You get that acidity there. Is it um, acidophilus? Is that one of the um, lactobacillus acidophilus? Is one of the bacteria? She likes to show off, don't you? I do, exactly. <laughs> Throwing around a few Latin phrases. <laughs> now, again. That's what I would call proper yogurt. So so many yogurts are too creamy, and and they've got that sort of no disrespect to this because I buy it myself for certain reasons. But you know the Greek yogurt. Mm. So it's a bit, somehow people think Greek yogurt is yogurt. Mm. There's lots of different sorts of yogurts. This is this is proper yogurt, which should have that sour edge, shouldn't it? Mm. This yeah, is radio, just... Jane. You have to speak. Oh, <laughs> just eating. Can't, too busy eating. <laughs> Come on, you're the you're the you're the expert on the sort of taste things. It has well, definitely got a sour edge, hasn't it? It's definitely a sour edge, but there's a herbal note to it as well in there. And what sort of herbal note? Just herbal. Herbal. <laughs> I've never had anyone say feels, that before. It feels it's off the of 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 the ground yes, again, exactly. doesn't it? It's yeah. just got it's that not... connection with nature mm. and. 
you know when you're tasting that that it's properly made and not just it's <laughs> made not a with commodity. Love. It's made <laughs> with love, and it's not a commodity. It's not just something to bring people into your shop and not even think about mm. what they're buying or where it comes from. That has a personality. You know that those animals that have made this, the cows that have made this, have lived a good life. You can just tell. You can tell. And it's you? the soul. Mm. And I'm rhapsodising a bit here, but you can you can tell with good food. You feel the soul and the spirit in that food mm. or drink. Mm. If it's been made properly and it's been made by people who love what they do and care about through. what they do, it comes through. Yes, for sure. Now, now Dee, um, unbelievably, we're coming towards the end of the programme. That's half an hour on milk and cream and yogurt um but you make other things have you started making butter we started making butter um as a result of lockdown actually because all the cafes and hotels and restaurants that used to have lots of cream when they were shut we had a rather large surplus of cream mm. so we'd uh, taken it wouldn't we <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we actually have started um, producing butter. Well, ca- uh, cheesemakers of Canterbury very kindly make it and pack it for us because we just don't have space and time to do it. But it's our cream that, that's going into it. Um, and we deliver that. And we do creme fraiche, which I um, sadly forgot to bring with me today. And we also have two different cheeses, which... Uh, ah, so cheese making too. No, see, I love butter. I cook with butter. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I cook with butter with a tiny bit of olive oil as well. Uh, uh, I do the two mix things. Oh, mix it up a bit. Um, so I adore butter and cream, and I cook with those a lot. Um, so so cheese started going into cheese. Is this because lockdown made you think about uh, how you might have to diversify? Well, cheese we've actually done for quite quite a few ah. years. Um, we do a camembert style cheese and a cheddar style cheese. And they are named after Richard's late mum, Winnie Winnie Manford. So uh, the camembert is called Winnie's Wheel and the cheddar is called Tam's Tipple after Auntie Tam. And do you have to have special, have you created special sort of um, area for making all that aside from the... Again, we, we have to uh, take our milk over to Cheesemakers of Canterbury uh, to do that for us at the moment. We just don't have haven't space. Haven't space, yeah. No. So basically you use your raw product in order to, 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 to do all that. Okay. Yes. Final question. What's the difference between raw milk and milk? I think you were asking me that and I didn't yes, know the answer. I'm fascinated by it because you don't see raw milk very often now. Why what what, what does it mean? It? Okay. What does it mean? Raw milk is milk literally straight from the cow. Not pasteurised, not homogenised, not heat treated in any way. It can only be purchased direct from a farmer. So it's not allowed to be transported, no, exactly, you, you uh, for can't, example. You can't, mm-hmm. sell it, um, can't sell it in a shop. Um, there are a couple of farmers who have vending machines for it in the London markets. They they take it there. And there is one in, in East Sussex who actually um, delivers it by courier. Right. And, and is it, has it, is to be it straight from the farm. But is it dangerous in any way or, or, or it shouldn't be, should it? No, 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 because obviously... Milk's not being kept. No, anybody yeah. selling milk is routinely tested. All the products right. are regularly, you know, rigorously tested. So um, it's it's absolutely fine. Fantastic. And if anybody lives within 10 miles of um, Benenden in Kent, um, how do they get onto your, your, your milk round? Mm. They can simply give us a call. Um, to for on us. your website, yeah, that's fine. Website. So we'll put a link to that, obviously. Lovely. Um, yes, or we do Facebook, Instagram. Of course and, you do. Uh, there's a full story there of how everything is produced. We've got some pictures of cows, hopefully. Yes, lots of pictures of cows. That's really good. <laughs> that was fabulous, wasn't it? Oh, incredible. I mean, the... the cream the milk the yogurt but just hearing your story and 
seeing how much you love your cows, you can tell. You're smiling yeah. and, and you're so proud of what you... Cow lovers. Yeah, <laughs> what you make. Yeah, it's you fantastic. Tell, it's wonderful. So that's great. So you've been listening, as usual, to the Food Talks show, and we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Jane Payton. Thank you, Jane. Pleasure. That was great, wasn't it? Um, and to our partners, the lovely people at Produced in Kent. Now, next week, this is probably a little bit more up your street, I would say. We're talking to a whole studio full of Kentish winemakers. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, or just amazing producers like Dee here, please get in touch with our producer, Simon, by emailing him on hello at foodtalk.org co.uk and if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts going back oh, a good few years on topics from snail farming to gin making and to all sorts of stuff go to foodtalk.co.uk we'll have some links to um, Dee's farm if you want to order some milk too so have a good week bye bye <laughs>